the feast is coming fairly early, starting October 5th, so I anticipate the weather will still be very, very nice at that time, especially for those who are camping out. Just as a a little bit of a preview, we uh, are planning to go up to Zion for one day during the feast and have a service up there as we have come to customarily do. Also, we have, it appears, several new people coming who've not seen a lot of the things that we've learned about in this area, and uh, we'll probably set up a petroglyph and and uh, sites of the area tour as we have in the past for those who might have missed and those who might want to review. So hopefully we'll be able to rent a 15-passenger van so uh, I can explain things and everybody, especially the new ones, would be there instead of having three or four in my car and then everybody else following along and not hearing everything. It would be nice to all get together. So we have some... Exciting things coming up. Of course, we can't forget it. The feast is to worship God. It isn't to entertain ourselves, even though we can laugh and rejoice and have a good time and enjoy a food and strong drink and so on, uh, especially during that time, because it is a feast to God. As long as we keep in mind that it is a feast to God instead of a feast to ourselves, uh, then we're in the right territory. Well, as we speak, it appears Hurricane Irma is turning up the coast as it leaves Cuba and looks like will devastate uh, the Florida Keys. I read an article this morning that said it probably would completely wipe out Key West. You might remember that Key West has become a major homosexual hangout. So that being wiped off the face of the earth was not being a whole bad thing. (laughs) I think most of those who live in the Keys have evacuated by now anyway, so it's not loss of life so much as is loss of places for those people to go back to. So I hope it wipes it all out. Uh, Maybe that sounds harsh, maybe it sounds hard and cruel, but we know, and we read last week in Ezekiel 5, that uh, this country is going to be devastated. And it has to happen before the kingdom of God can come. And I want with all my heart the kingdom of God to be here. So all this stuff has to happen. So uh, let's get on with it and get on the other side is the main thing. I don't like to see death and destruction, but God knows that has to happen. So it looks like Irma may go up the west coast of Florida now and make a... A direct hit on Naples, Fort Myers, St. Pete, and and uh, Tampa, and then move on up, and who knows exactly which direction it will go, but I read one article that says that St. Petersburg is very, very subject to flooding, and Tampa is as well. They're, they're even, if anything, more low-lying, I think, than, uh, than Miami. Uh, Miami's not very high off the ocean either, but... Uh, Boy, Tampa and St. Petersburg right there on the bay, that's, that's very low country. And with a, with a storm surge plus the rain and the wind, it could absolutely, if it stays in Category 3 or 4 uh, up to there, it could absolutely flatten that area and, and drown it out. So uh, these are terrible things that are happening, but 
They're predicted. God said they would happen. So, here it is. It's upon us, it appears. Let's go to Ezekiel 6 and pick up where we left off last time. You might remember 5 uh, is following 4, where he laid on his side 430 days to represent 430 years. And I went through and showed that it appears those 430 years ended this summer. Then he goes through in chapter 5, showing a third, a third, and a third of our people will die of uh, famine and pestilence, the sword going to captivity, and a sword will go after them. So we're looking at some very, very hard times ahead, and it appears that we are on the edge of these things escalating and happening very quickly now. So let's pick it up in chapter 6. The word of the Eternal came to me, saying, Son of man, set your face toward the mountains of Israel and prophesy against them. Mountains in biblical prophecy uh, represent nation. I mean, uh, yeah, nations and capitals of nations. Uh, and say, You mountains of Israel, hear the word of the Eternal God. Thus says the Eternal God to the mountains, to the hills, to the rivers, and to the valleys. That includes all the terrain. Includes all the cities, all the governments, the big governments and little governments. It also is referring to the physical land, uh, not just in type, but to the whole thing. Behold, I, even I, will bring a sword upon you, and I will destroy your high places. High places represent uh, places of worship, they represent positions of government. They represent anything that the people revere and hold high. That could even include Hollywood. (laughs) That's one of the highest places of American culture is Hollywood. So this could be pretty all-inclusive here. Your altars, that is those things which we worship. So it's not talking about the Methodists and the Baptists and the Catholics necessarily, though it's all included. But it's talking about uh, the things that we worship. And if, any, if Americans worship anything above anything else, it's materiality. It's things. It's wealth. Uh, it's the way of Satan, essentially. So, your altars are those things that you revere and respect and like and hold dear to your heart will be desolate. Your images shall be broken. Uh, We have symbols of those things that we hold dear. Right now, uh, we are seeing destroyed across the country the statutes of anything having to do with the Confederacy. And also, they're talking about destroying the statues and monuments to our founding fathers, because they were slave owners, some of them. And they were Masons, and they also worshipped and revered Rome and Greece and the Babylon of the world. And they are the ones who established this Washington, D.C., and its, agri- its agriculture, its architecture, and everything, and the way the city is laid out in paganism. So we're pagan from the very beginning. But uh, when Americans are calling for the statues of Washington and Jefferson and their monuments to be destroyed, then those are the things that America has revered. Those are the things we've looked up to. Those men uh, made the Constitution, and so on. So those images will be broken. 
And I will cast down your slain men before your idols. So not just the images themselves, but people will be destroyed. I will lay the dead carcasses of the children of Israel before their idols. The things that we love in our culture won't do us a bit of good. And I will scatter your bones round about your revered things. In all your dwelling places, the city shall be laid waste, and the high places shall be desolate, that your altars may be laid waste and made desolate, and your idols may be broken and cease, and your images may be cut down, and your works may be abolished. Our culture, our society, everything we do, uh, our economy is included in that, our works, it's all going down. It's all going to be destroyed. We'll see some other scriptures to corroborate this a little later on. And the slain shall fall in the midst of you. And what's the point of all this? You shall know that I am the Eternal. God uses Ezekiel to use and reuse that phrase over and over and over throughout the book of Ezekiel. The point of all this destruction is that we might learn who God is. It isn't Tom Cruise, and it isn't uh, Beyonce, and it isn't uh, Trump, and it isn't uh, anybody you want to name anywhere. God is the sovereign of the universe. And everything in our culture that we have held dear will go away. That's where we're headed. Yet will I leave a remnant, a little less than 10%, according to Ezekiel 5, that you may have some that shall escape the sword among the nations when you shall be scattered through the countries. So a third will die of famine and pestilence, a third will die by the sword, a third goes into captivity and is scattered through the nations as slaves. And many of them will be killed, but God will save a remnant of them. So let's say two-thirds of Americans are going to die in the next month and year or two, however long this takes to get really going and a third will be taken as slaves, and many of them will die in slavery. But he will save out 10% less those other hairs that Ezekiel put back in his robe. Or he took some out, away from the 10% that were, to, that were saved. Verse 9, And they that escape of you shall remember me among the nations where they shall be carried captive. There's something about being a slave and having very little to eat and very little to drink that makes people begin to think about God. And even as they're killed, that will be on their minds. And when the great white throne judgment occurs after the millennium, uh, they'll be ready to listen to God for once. Because I am broken with their whorish heart, which has departed from me, and with their eyes which go whoring after their idols... Virtually everything in our society is anti-God and anti-Christ. Music, entertainment, uh, our focus on wealth. And they shall loathe themselves for the evils which they have committed in all their abominations. And they shall know that I am the Eternal, and that I have not said in vain that I would do this evil to them. We're not just reading some words of some crazy man 3,000 years ago. 
we're reading the words of God here preserved to tell us that this is actually going to happen. God said it would, and it will, even as it is beginning. Thus says the eternal God, Smite with your hand and stamp with your foot, and say, Alas, for all the evil abominations of the house of Israel. That's the way we express frustration and anger a lot of times, is by stamping our foot and smiting our hand together. Those are body language for I'm upset. And say, Alas, for the evil abominations of the house of Israel, for they shall fall by the sword, by the famine, and by the pestilence. So he repeats it again. He that is far off shall die of the pestilence, and he that is near shall fall by the sword. This is coming on the cities first, so those in and near the cities will be killed primarily by the sword. And those that are further away, uh, as a result of lack of food and uh, disease epidemics that are going to start, will die of pestilence and disease. And he that remains and is besieged shall die by the famine. Almost better to be have your head cut off immediately than to starve to death in the famine and with disease. Thus will I accomplish my fury upon them. Now he's talking to Israel here, to Judah in particular, and Israel as a whole. Uh, 390 days for one and 40 days for the other. So it's all of us. Then shall you know that I am the Eternal, when their slain men shall be among their idols round about their altars, upon every high hill and all the tops of the mountains, under every green tree, under every thick oak, the place where they did offer sweet savor to all their idols. So throughout the country, in every place, there will be no hiding. So will I stretch out my hand upon them and make the land desolate. Not just the cities, but the land. More desolate than the wilderness toward Diblath in all their habitations. And they shall know that I am the Eternal. He reiterates that point over and over and over again. This is going to be an attention getter, believe me. People around Houston had their attention gotten recently. People in Florida have their attention gotten now. Is this stuff starting to happen? Uh, There's quite a bit of unsettled feeling in California as a result of that 8.2 down in Mexico that may be unsettling the San Andreas fault line. We'll see something about not only floods, but trembling of the land here in a little bit. Is that earthquakes? Could be. So throughout all their habitations... It's going to spread more and more natural disasters and then a flood of armies. So let's get on into chapter 7. Moreover, the word of the eternal came to me, saying, Also, you son of man, in addition to everything we've just read, says the eternal God to the land of Israel, an end, the end has come upon the four corners of the land. So he says these things are going to happen, and now he's calling for it to to go ahead and occur. One corner to the other corner, all four corners of the land. Now is the end come upon you, and I will send my anger upon you, 
and will judge you according to your ways, and will recompense upon you all your abominations. So all the lying and cheating and stealing and fraud and adultery and fornication and fearfulness, the fearful will not be in the kingdom of God either. We better have faith and not fear. And my eye shall not spare you, neither will I have pity. But I will recompense your ways upon you, and your abominations shall be in the midst of you, and you shall know that I am the Eternal. Thus says the Eternal God, An evil, and only evil, behold, is come. And the end is come. The end is come. It watches for you. Behold, it is come. Now this has been here for 3,000 years, so what does it mean it's come? When is it talking about? You could have read this in 1545 if you had a scroll. Uh, you could have read it in 1920, but it didn't come. What's the time setting of this context? 400, after 430 days, representing 430 years, that Ezekiel laid on his sides and besieged Jerusalem, and the famine and the trouble came. Now, the only commensurate period of time that is identifiable, so far as I can see, in this end time, is the 430 years from Roanoke until this summer. So, if that's the context and the timing that is being spoken of here, when it says, the end has come, it's come, it has come, three times in verse 6, it means now. The morning is come to you, O you that dwell in the land. The time is come, the day of trouble is near, and not the sounding again of the mountains. This isn't just an echo that goes on and on and on, but the real deal is here, apparent at the end of that 430 years. Are we there? We just had an eclipse that came across the land and made it dark at noon, as Amos 8 says, and destruction comes with that. And it's right after the end of the 4.30, as I see it. I think it's here, brethren. Harvey and Irma are not the last of our troubles. They're just the beginning. Since July 22nd and forward. Verse 8, Nor will I shortly pour out, or now, not nor, now will I shortly pour out my fury upon you. So right after the 4.30, whatever that meant, and accomplish my anger upon you, and I will judge you according to your ways, and will recompense you for all your abominations. Does this sound like God bless America? I don't think so. And my eye shall not spare, neither will I have pity. Will do no good for our nation to ask for mercy. A lot of people on the internet are now saying, pray, because God will save us, because we're a Christian nation. No, we're not. And the prayer will fall on deaf ears. God hears not sinners, and He will show no pity, no mercy. It's coming, it's coming hard. And 90% of us plus are going to die. And you shall know that I am the eternal that smites. You'll not only know 
who I am, you're also going to know I'm the one that's smiting you. This is the judgment of Almighty God on Israel, and particularly upon Ephraim, the firstborn of Israel, ahead of the others. Because we are the leader in the uh, greatest manifestation of Babylon on the earth today. So he says, Behold the day, behold, it is come. It appears the time is now. The morning has gone forth. Well, the morning came, and then we had the uh, eclipse at noon and darkness. So in the afternoon, after that eclipse, it appears this is starting. The rod has blossomed, pride has budded. The almond rod blossoms early in the spring, and pride comes, and our nation is full of pride. We think we're the cat's meow. We really think we're something. Well, we're going to find out. Verse 11, Violence is risen up into the rod of wickedness, or into a rod of wickedness. Are we seeing more and more violence across the land? Yes, we are. More demonstrations, and there will be an awful increase in violence. None of them shall remain, nor of their multitude, nor any of theirs. They'll either die or be taken captive. They're going to be gone. Neither shall there be wailing for them. No one left to mourn and wail. Everybody's going to be in such absolute shock. Then he says it again. The time is come. The day draws near. Let not the buyer rejoice, nor the seller mourn, for wrath is upon all the multitude thereof. So our commerce is going to be interrupted. We're going to go to Zephaniah here in a little bit when I get down a few verses and see a parallel to this. Doesn't won't do any good. Our finances will be gone. For the seller shall not return to that which is sold. Nobody going to be around to repossess your cars or your houses or anything else. Although they were yet alive, they might still be alive, but they're not going to be doing business. <laughs> they're going to be looking for a scrap to eat, or they're going to be butchering their father or their son or the baby that comes from between the women's legs. That's where they're going to be. They're going to forget about business. For the vision is touching the whole multitude thereof, nationwide, which shall not return. It's over. Done. Finished. Neither shall any strengthen himself in the iniquity of his life. It is a nation of sinners, and the iniquitous will not be strengthened. They're going to be made weak, and then die. They have blown the trumpet even to make already. There are people who are saying right now that, hey, destruction's coming, whether it's North Korea or Russia or China or wherever it's coming from, uh, it's coming. So they're trying to make everybody ready. But none goes to the battle. Americans are so complacent, so convinced that they're, all these little problems will get solved, and either the Republicans are holding out for their hero, or the Democrats are holding out that the Republican hero will go away, and they will take charge, and everything's going to be okay. We're not stirred up, except for a small percentage of the people. Most people are going about their jobs 
and their entertainment, and they have no idea what is about to befall this country. The sword is without, the pestilence and the famine within. Nothing to eat in the house, disease in the house, and if you go outside, they'll get you with the sword. You're dead, one way or the other. He that is in the field shall die with the sword, and he that is in the city, famine and pestilence, shall devour him. Earlier it talked about how the one in the city would go by the sword. So it's going to be in the country, out in the, uh, in the city, everywhere. All of this. But they that escape of them shall escape, and shall be on the mountains like doves of the valleys, all of them mourning every one for his iniquity. So some few will escape to the mountains. And there are people now who are prepping and have their hidey holes and their bug out places all figured out. Um, that protection will not last, but some will get away initially. The book of Revelation talks about how they'll call for the rocks to fall on them. Makes me wonder if some of these underground bunkers that the rich are building uh, are not going to be quite as pleasant down there as they think. They may fight war among themselves. They may get claustrophobia and they may lose their air supply. Uh, wherever their vents are, people may plug them so they don't have air. Uh, you know, all kinds of things can happen. And those may be some of the concrete rocks that they are begging to fall on them and they can't or won't fall. may not just be caves and rocks on the mountainside. Who knows? All hands, verse 17, shall be feeble, and all knees shall be weak as water. They will be living under terror and fear of their very lives. People being killed left and right, and those who are still alive are going to be so scared they can't do anything. They shall also gird themselves with sackcloth, and horror shall cover them. Horror and shame shall be upon all faces and baldness upon all their heads. That makes me wonder a little bit if there might not be some nuclear involved. I don't think that they are going to destroy all of our infrastructure with nuclear weapons because uh, if, if they kill us all with that, then the third, the third, and the third doesn't apply. And it does. But there may be either some... Uh, nuclear reactors that become Fukushima's or they may have a few uh, nuclear weapons because what causes baldness? Radioactivity. Uh, they treat cancer with radioactivity and people go bald. And people went bald in Japan over Fukushima and so on. So, uh, however it comes, there may be a certain amount of nuclear used. That's something to be all excited about. They shall cast their silver in the streets, and their gold shall be removed. Be hauled off to China and Russia, and they'll steal it all. Their silver and their gold shall not be able to deliver them in the day of the wrath of the eternal. They shall not satisfy their souls, food and drink, neither fill their bowels, nothing to eat, dying of starvation because it is the stumbling block of their iniquity. Now, I just said some important things here. 
Let's go to Zephaniah 1 and review that very quickly here. Because all these prophecies tie together. In the seventh month, in the one and twentieth day of the month... Oh, I'm in Haggai. I don't want to be there. I want to be in Zephaniah. Um, that's the last day of the Feast of Tabernacles there in Haggai 7.21. Um, Zephaniah 1, I will utterly, utterly consume all things from off the land. Didn't we just read about desolation? I'll make it all desolate. I'll consume man and beast, the fowls of the heaven, the fishes of the sea, and the stumbling blocks with the wicked. And I will cut off man from off the land, says the Eternal. So, exact same thing Ezekiel is saying. I will stretch out my hand upon Judah and of all the inhabitants of Jerusalem. Jerusalem represented the northern ten tribes. Those aren't in the Middle East today. They're in northwestern Europe, the United States, Canada, Australia, New Zealand, South Africa, and wherever Israel has gone. gone. The white peoples, essentially, of the earth that are related as Israelites. The times of the Gentiles, anything from brown, yellow, and black, will be against and want to kill all Israel, Israelites. Isn't that what we see developing in our country right now? Get rid of all the white Americans. That's, I mean, that's, that wasn't being voiced ten years ago. Now it's on the lips of a lot of people and reported in the news. It's upon us. I'll cut the remnant of Baal from this place in the name of the Kimarims with the priests. Uh, Let's go on down. I don't want to spend too much time here. Uh, verse 8, It shall come to pass in the day of the Lord's sacrifice, He's going to sacrifice our people, that I will punish the princes and the king's children <clears throat> and all such uh, as are clothed with strange apparel. So from the leaders on down, they don't have the apparel of God. They don't have righteousness. They have sin. In the same day also... Will I punish all those that leap on the thresholds which fill their master's houses with violence and deceit? So he's been talking about the same desolation that Ezekiel is up to this point. Death of people, uh, warfare, the things that kill us. Now he's going to add another, and it's at the same time. Verse 9, In the same day also, and it shall come to pass in that day, says the Eternal, that there shall be the noise of a cry from the fish gate and howling from the second and a great crashing from the hills. We talk about stock market crashes. That's the very word that we use. Howl, you inhabitants of Maktesh. That was a market center in uh, ancient Israel. It would... Uh, equate with London and New York today in the stock market. For all the merchant people are cut down. All they that bear silver are cut off. So here we talk about the, the money people, the banks, the merchants, the ones who control the money. We'll read about this in another passage here in a moment. So all the Wall Street folks all the financiers and the banks are going down too. It shall come to pass at that time that I will search Israel with candles and punish the men that are settled in their lees. They're just riding along, 
it's a winemaking term of resting on their oars. They think everything's okay. That say in their heart, the eternal will not do good, neither will he do evil. God isn't a factor. Now, what does Ezekiel keep saying? They shall know that I am the eternal. But our people don't think it's about God anymore. Uh, Therefore their goods shall become booty. That is, will be taken by our invaders. Their houses, a desolation. They shall build houses, but not inhabit them. We had a huge building boom here in the last 20, 30 years. But they're going to be taken out of them when this all hits. Some of them in Miami and Houston and Tampa and St. Pete and other places who have built fine homes are not going to inhabit them. Many of them are going to be wiped out. (coughs) They shall plant vineyards but not drink the wine thereof. So agriculture is going down. The great day of the eternal, it is near, it is near. So this is right at the end time. And hastes greatly. How does Ezekiel put it? It it is come, it is come, it is come. It's not echoes anymore. It's coming. Even the voice of the day of the eternal, the mighty man, shall cry there bitterly. It's a day of wrath, of trouble, distress, wasteness. Hurricanes waste the land, so do earthquakes. And desolation, a day of darkness and gloominess, a day of clouds and thick darkness. The sun's not going to come out tomorrow. A day of the trumpet, that means war, and alarm against the defense cities and against the high towers. So all of our defenses are going to be threatened and destroyed. And I will bring distress upon men that they shall walk like blind men. They'll be in utter shock, stumbling, not knowing what to do, where to go, or how to find anything to eat. Because they have sinned against the Eternal, and their blood shall be poured out as dust, and their flesh as the dung. Neither shall their silver nor their gold be able to deliver them in the day of the Eternal's wrath, but the whole land shall be devoured by the fire of His jealousy, for He shall make even a speedy riddance of all them that dwell in the land. Does that sound like Ezekiel 5 and 6 or what? mentions the merchants won't be operating properly in Ezekiel 6 and 7. Here it says the total financial crash and it all comes right together. These things that are beginning to happen right now in terms of hurricanes and earthquakes to follow soon are going to have an incredible impact upon the economy of this nation. And it is so close to falling People have their focus on uh, the uh, hurricanes right now. And they forget about our debt troubles, our $20 trillion in debt, our $80 trillion in unfunded uh, pensions and Social Security and all those things that are running out of money to pay. They're forgetting about the quadrillions of financial derivatives that are held over the heads of the banks. We are bankrupt It's just a matter of time until something sets it off and there is a total economic collapse. 
and is coming at about the same time is the beginning of destruction. And I think the beginning of destruction is now upon us, and that means the financial collapse is not far off, right near the day of the Lord. This is forming a picture. Let's go to Isaiah 47. I just picked out a few. There's more. <clears throat> Isaiah 47. He's in this context here. Uh, he's talking to the house of Jacob in chapter 46 and how it will only be a remnant and how God will ultimately deliver, but only 10%. And he says that it will not fail in verse 10. So this is to whom he is talking. He says in verse 13, at the end, I will place salvation in Zion for Israel my glory. So he's going to bring his 10% remnant to Zion, and there he will work with them. But the rest of the nation is going to be destroyed. So he says, come down and sit in the dust, O virgin daughter of Babylon, sit on the ground. There is no throne, O daughter of the Chaldeans, for you shall no more be called tender and delicate. Now, God, in Ezekiel 16, calls Israel a daughter of the Gentiles. There he's saying, I don't recognize you as Israelites. You look like Gentiles to me. So here he is addressing we who should be Israelites as Gentiles. Take your millstones and grind meal. Uncover your locks, make bare the leg, uncover the thigh, pass over the rivers. Your nakedness shall be uncovered. So the private parts of our ladies who are trying to show as much as they can in society are going to be completely stripped bare. Your shame shall be seen. I will take vengeance and I will not meet you as a man. God says, you're not appealing to me whatsoever, naked as you are. As for your Redeemer, the Eternal of hosts is His name, the Holy One of Israel. Who? The Holy One of Israel. So He's speaking of Israel as Babylon. But He is also in the same context saying He's talking to Israel. But He's calling them Babylonian. That fits many, many scriptures. Sit you silence and get you into darkness, O daughter of the Chaldeans. We, we identify now with the nations, and we're bringing Gentile people in here just as fast as we can bring them. And we have our own people, even white Americans saying, all white Americans need to be killed. Have they looked in the mirror? <laughs> you know? Wow. He says in verse 7, or 6, that he's angry with us, And you said, I'll be a lady forever so that you did not lay these things to your heart, neither did you remember the latter end of it. Nobody can destroy America. We are God's chosen. Therefore, hear now this, you that are given to pleasures and that dwell carelessly. Is this a nation given to pleasure or what? But says in your heart, I am and none else beside me. I shall not sit as a widow, neither shall I know the loss of children. Our defense is the best in the world, and we'll take care of it, and we're not in danger. That's the general attitude. It's beginning to change a little bit, but still most people are asleep. Now, how fast is this going to happen? Ezekiel said it would happen in the summer, in the fall, right after the 430 was done. It has come, it has come, it has come. 
Here Isaiah says, It will come to you in a moment, in one day, the loss of children and widowhood. That means the nation's children and its men are going to be killed. One day is a very short period in terms of Bible prophecy. It's not one 24-hour period, but a very short period of time. A day represents a year there in Ezekiel laying on his side, for one. A day can even be as a year, Numbers 14.34. They shall come upon you in their perfection for the multitude of your sorceries and for the great abundance of your enchantments. Following Satan, worshiping Satan, going Satan's way, worshiping we know not what. This is a nation of Satan worshipers. Yeah, we have those who openly and literally worship Satan. But he says, your servant, uh, your God is the one whom you obey. (coughs) So who do they obey? Not God. This whole nation is in animosity to God. You've trusted in your wickedness. In your wickedness, you've said, "None sees me." Your wisdom and your knowledge it has perverted you, and you have said in your heart, "I am, and none else beside me." So we're perverts. The great scientific knowledge we have has perverted us from worshiping God, and we're worshiping Mother Gaia, the Earth, as they call it. We're worshiping Satan. We're not worshiping God. <coughs> we worship ourselves and made idols of ourselves. Therefore shall evil come upon you. Uh, You shall not know from where it comes. It's going to be a surprise attack to most Americans. A few see it coming, but by and large, they're not going to know where it comes from. And mischief shall fall upon you. You shall not be able to put it off. And desolation shall come upon you suddenly. This isn't something that starts real slow and then works out over a period of time. When it starts, it is going to be very, very rapid. And it appears it is starting. Which you shall not know. It will take you by surprise. Stand now with your enchantments and with your multitude of your sorceries, wherein you have labored from your youth. Americans did not truly pursue God from our very beginning. We pursued power and money and freedom from the King of England to do as we pleased, to worship whatever form of life we wanted. If so be, you shall be able to profit. If so be, you may prevail. But it doesn't look too likely. You are wearied in the multitude of your counselors. Let now the astrologers, the stargazers, the monthly prognosticators stand up and save you from these things that shall come upon you. Nobody will have understanding of what is going on. They'll be as stubble. The fire shall burn them, and they shall not deliver themselves from the power of the flame. There shall not be a coal to warm at, nor fire to sit before it. So when winter comes, no heat. That kills a lot of people too. Thus shall they be to you, with whom you have labored, even your merchants from your youth. So same thing Zephaniah 1 said. Same thing Ezekiel 5 and 6 said. The business people will be gone. They shall wander everyone to his quarter, 
They'll go home. They'll wander to their home looking for protection. None shall save you. Then he goes back and talks to to Jacob here in chapter 48. I won't go to all that. But he says in verse verse 20 to Israel, he's just talked about what's going to happen to our nation, which is the modern Babylon. The whole world is in Babylon. Understand that. Satan is the Babylonian system. But America is the leader of it. The hammer of the whole earth. We're the ones who impose our will upon everybody. We are the rogue nation of the world. What does he tell his people? Verse 20 of 48. Go you forth from Babylon. Flee from the land of Chaldeans. With a voice of singing declare you. Tell this. Utter it even to the end of the earth. Say you. The Eternal has redeemed His servant Jacob, and they thirsted not when He led them through the deserts. He caused the waters to flow out of the rock for them. He claved the rock also, and the waters gushed out. There is no peace, says the Eternal, to the wicked. So He's telling His end-time people that He has called out to leave the city, get away from the Chaldean influence, and He will protect them. Read Micah 4. Uh, which we've read, it says, go to the wilderness, uh, go even to Babylon. Don't leave the country, but go to the wilderness. And he says over and over and over again to go to Zion. But we'll feel, verse 14 of 49, but Zion said, the Lord has forsaken me, my Lord has forgotten me. So they'll be fearful, Timid? Scared? What does God tell us over and over in the prophecies? Be strong, be of good courage, fear not, and work. Revelation 19 says the fearful will not be in the kingdom of God. We have to have absolute faith and trust in God that He will protect us if we do what we're supposed to do. And He gives an example of that in verse 15. Can a woman forget her sucking child? that she should not have compassion on the son of her womb? Yes, they may forget, yet I will not forget you. Behold, I have graven you upon the palms of my hands. Your walls are continually before me. Your children shall make haste. Your destroyers and they that made you waste shall go forth of you. They'll run from us. Micah 5 says seven or eight principal men from Zion in the wilderness will chase the Assyrian away. And on and on these things go. He says He will protect those who will obey Him out of all this destruction that we're reading about in all of these chapters. Let's do one more. Let's go to... Well, let's let's stop in Amos again very briefly on our way to this other one. I had in mind to do that. Now here, I've I've mentioned this Scripture, chapter 7 and 8, several times lately. Uh, here in chapter 6 catches my verse 11. For the only eternal commands, and he will smite the great house with breaches and the little house with clefts. <clears throat> so he's talking about the same kind of destruction of our financial houses, our other houses, small and great. That is the context of Amos. <clears throat> but Down here where it says a basket of summer fruit, this will happen in late summer. And then it talks about the new moon 
verse 5, and how the Sabbath and all they will want out of the way, the new moon gone, so that they can destroy and take away that which the poor have. Well, toward the end of this summer, we had a huge hurricane, and they've been gouging at the gas pump, gouging at the, for water, gouging on everything, asking several times the price of what things are normally worth. Are they destroying the poor, like it says here, or what? You know what they're going to do now? Very soon, all of those bigwigs in the stock market are going to short the stocks. They're going to sell theirs ahead of time and leave the poor people holding the bag with worthless stocks and money. So they're going to get on with it very soon. Verse 8, Shall not the land tremble for this? Do we have both a financial earthquake and physical earthquakes in our near future? The land's going to tremble, both physically and economically and in every way. People will fear for their lives, as we've already read, and live in horror. And every one mourn that dwell therein, and it shall rise up holy as a flood. So trembling may represent earthquakes here, and hurricanes produce tremendous floods, and it shall be cast out and drowned as by the flood of Mitzrayim. So he says the destruction is going to be like it was upon the Egyptian army when it comes upon us. It's going to start with a few drownings, with a few killed in earthquakes, and it's going to escalate to war, famine, and pestilence, and over 90% of the occupants of this land and ultimately Western Europe as well, wherever Israelites are, it's coming. And it shall come to pass in that day, says the Eternal, I will cause the sun to go down at noon, and, and I will darken the earth in the clear day. We just had that. Now let's add to that Revelation 18. It sounds very much like Isaiah 47. Actually, if we pick it up in the end of chapter 17, will be better because it talks about how the beast and the false prophet, the New World Order, the UN, whatever manifestation it has, will hate the whore. The world has thought that the whore spoken of here is the Catholic Church. The Protestants like to think that. No, it's not. The great whore is mentioned in Ezekiel 16. God says that Israel is the greatest whore on earth. That we not only sell ourselves out, but we even pay our lovers with our foreign aid and, and everything. We're the whore of Revelation 18. And shall make her desolate and naked and shall eat her flesh. Didn't we just read that Israel's going to be stripped naked and uses the woman as a symbol of that? totally naked, and shall eat her flesh and burn her with fire. For God has put in their hearts to fulfill His will. All those prophecies that we've read so far today have been about Israel and Judah being destroyed. I'm not talking about the Catholic Church. It's echoing the prophecies of the Old Testament. 
Now, is the Catholic Church a whore? Yeah, they hoard away from God, too. But they're not the great whore of Ezekiel 16. That clearly is addressing Israel. And to agree and to give their kingdom to the beast until the words of God shall be fulfilled. So the people who hate this whore are going to join together to destroy her. Is the Pope involved in the destruction of America? Yes, he is. There will be a beast and a false prophet, and they will destroy this whore. Well, you can't have the false prophet be the Catholic Church, as people think, and also have her be the whore, because the false prophet destroys the whore. So the Catholic Church cannot be both of those. They come a lot closer to being the false prophet than they do the whore. And the woman which you saw is that great city which reigns over the kings of the earth. Now, which city reigns over the kings of the earth right now? It isn't Rome. It's Washington and New York and London. Washington is the one that decides which nations will be destroyed and which ones will not. Which ones will have favor and which ones will not. Our influence scattered is all around the world. It is we who have military bases all over the world. Some people have sarcastically said, wasn't it terrible that Russia put all of our air, air bases and our military gear so close to Russia? <laughs> did Russia do that or did we do that? We're the ones that put them there. How many military bases does Russia have near us? Maybe Cuba and Venezuela. That's about it. We're the ones who are the terror of the whole earth. We're the rogue nation. Sorry. And we're the horror of Ezekiel 16 very, very clearly. And that prophecy ties in with this one. So what does it say? <clears throat> it says that the beast and the false prophet will hate the whore and destroy her and make her naked and eat her flesh and burn her. Well, that's what we're reading in Ezekiel and Isaiah and in Zephaniah about Israel. And that's not talking about the Middle East. That's all the tribes of Israel led by the firstborn of Jeremiah 31, Ephraim, which is this country. And after these things, I saw another angel come down from heaven, having great power, and the earth was lighted with his glory. So God's going to send this destruction that is about to be described in chapter 18. They will know that I am the Eternal. Remember Ezekiel? And he cried, here's this angel of God, and he cried mightily with a strong voice, saying, Babylon the great is fallen, is fallen. We are the current leaders of Babylon, and we will fall. Then the beast and the false prophet will become the replacement leaders of Babylon, Satan's system. And then it also is going to fall when Christ returns and takes the beast and false prophet by the nap of the neck and casts them into a lake burning with fire. So Babylon is going to fall twice in very short order. Us first, and then them later. It has become the habitation of devils and the hold of every foul spirit and a cage of every unclean and hateful bird. 
So the unclean, the satanic, will be in control of our society. Hollywood is full of Satanism. So is Washington, D.C. And Ezekiel, I mean, uh, Zechariah 3 even indicates that of those who are being faithful in the church, Satan will be standing at their right hand. And Satan will be trying to destroy those who would be doing right and who will be building the latter temple in the end days, the church itself. Satan is attacking this little group gathered near Zion right now with great fury and anger and is trying to destroy us by various types of rebels that are arising. For all nations have drunk of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. Our wine, our wrath, our fornication against God has been wreaked upon nation after nation. The kings of the earth have committed fornication with her, and the merchants of the earth are waxed rich through the abundance of her delicacies. We're the ones that have made Taiwan and China and Japan and Korea and all these people wealthy. We buy their junk and even some good stuff they produce. Their wealth has come from right here. And I heard another voice from heaven say, Who has, who has the Catholic Church made rich? Nobody but the Catholic Church. They haven't made other nations rich. They've taken away from other nations everything they could get for hundreds, thousands of years. They raped and pillaged Mexico when they first came over here. They don't make anybody rich but themselves. I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people. We read that in Isaiah 47, didn't we? It was speaking to Israel that you be not partakers of her sins and that you receive not of her plagues. So as those plagues start to descend, here is a, a dire warning to get away from Babylon like Isaiah 47 and Micah 4 say. Otherwise, you'll be caught in her plagues and 90% of the church of God is going to be caught in them and go into the great tribulation when it arrives. This sudden death and destruction is going to occur before the tribulation even starts. People will flee to Zion as the northern army arrives. So the remnant of the church has to be leaving and coming together at the time this starts to happen. And they will be fleeing just ahead of the northern army. Then they have to build a temple. They have to build Jerusalem. That's an hour, year and a half almost right there of just building Jerusalem. Then the abomination of desolation occurs and the tribulation starts. So the northern army is already going to be here. And this nation will have been destroyed before the, tribu and the tribulation will still be several years away. People don't understand that. It's when the abomination is set up in the holy place in Jerusalem, which will have to have been built, and the temple will have to be there in order for it to be defiled. So all this death and destruction we're reading about today comes before the tribulation even gets here. This is the first flight of Isaiah 52, which says, Go not with haste. Flee to Zion ahead of the northern army. 
And from there, you will have to flee for your very lives. Don't even go back into the house when the abomination is set up after Jerusalem is built. That's the one where you will die immediately if you don't flee for your very life. So there's some time involved here. It isn't as hasty. But there comes a point where you're going to be swallowed up by the northern army if you're not out of there. I can't tell you when it is. You better think it through. For her sins have reached to heaven, and God has remembered her iniquities. God is the judge, and He is the one that's going to send the sword by this angel of verse 1. Reward her even as she rewarded you, and double to her double according to her works. In the cup which she has filled, fill to her double. So do double to her what he did to Gaddafi. Do double to her what he did to uh, Hussein. Do double what they do to Egypt or to Iraq or to to Syria or to Afghanistan or to Vietnam or to Korea or to Japan. We have destroyed and hurt so many nations and we're going to get double for it. How much she has glorified herself sung her national anthem and lived deliciously. Most Catholics don't live deliciously. They're the poor people of the nations. America is the one who's lived deliciously. So much torment and sorrow give her. For she said in her heart, I sit a queen and and am no widow and shall see no sorrow. Therefore shall her plagues come We've talked about plagues, famine, pestilence, war. In one day, very short period of time, death, mourning, famine. Sounds like Ezekiel, Isaiah, and Amos, doesn't it? That's all directed at Israel in the Old Testament. She shall be utterly burned with fire. There you might have some of the nuclear. We also have right now raging in this nation wildfires all over the place that are destroying millions of acres. We're being burned with fire. Having hurricanes, and I believe you're going to see earthquakes very soon now. The land will tremble. For strong is the eternal God who judges her. And the kings of the earth who have committed fornication and lived deliciously with her shall bewail her and lament for her when they shall see the smoke of her burning. They've been getting foreign aid. They've been getting trade. They've been getting dollars for oil. We've, we've really heaped wealth upon them. But they'll stand way back for the fear of her torment, saying, Alas, alas, that great city Babylon, that mighty city, for in one hour is your judgment come. And the merchants of the earth shall weep and mourn over her, for no man buys their merchandise anymore. This isn't talking about the Catholic Church, Rome, and Italy. How many people, how many nations, has the city of Rome made rich by all the things they've imported from around the world? Nobody. That's here. We're the ones that are the great merchants of the earth. Nobody buys their merchandise anymore. 
When we're dead and dying and having plague and famine, we're not going to buy Chinese goodies. We're not going to buy Japanese or Korean goodies or any other kind of goodies. And then he names all these different things. We, we can call them different things now, Ziploc bags or whatever. But the merchandise of gold and silver and precious stones and pearls and fine linen and purple and silk and scarlet and thion, wood, and all manner of vessels of ivory, manner of vessels of most precious wood, and brass, and iron, and marble, and cinnamon, and odors, and ointments, and frankincense, and wine, and oil, and fine flour, and wheat, and beasts, and sheep, and horses, and chariots, and slaves, and souls of men. <coughs> Anything you can name that has value, in other words. This nation and its leaders are involved in a great pedophile sex slave ring right now. And they are killing people in Washington, D.C. People in Washington, D.C. are killing people who are trying to blow the whistle on their pedophile and sex rings. So America is trading in slaves and sex slaves right now with other nations. And they're getting rich from it. And the fruits that your soul lusted after are departed from you. And all things which were dainty and goodly are departed from you, and you shall find them no more at all. The merchants of these things which were made rich by her shall stand far off for the fear of her torment, weeping and wailing. It's going to scare the world when they see America destroyed. And saying, Alas, alas, that great city that was clothed in fine linen and purple and scarlet and decked with gold and precious stones and pearls. Who's been the richest nation on earth? Italy? Give us a break. It's America. For in one hour, so great riches is come to nothing. Didn't Zephaniah call it a crash? Total destruction. The money will be utterly worthless. Won't buy anything. Even silver and gold, which is symbolic of money, probably literally will be thrown in the streets. You can't eat silver. You can't eat gold. And if there's no food to buy... What good is it? Now, it may be a temporary hedge till all this hits hard uh, when the dollar starts going down in value, which it's starting to do. But it won't last long, and it will be worthless as well. And every shipmaster and all the company and ships and sailors and as many as trade by sea stood far off and cried when they saw the smoke of her burning, saying, What city is like to this great city? There are oil tankers sitting right now off the coast of Houston who are saying, Alas, alas, we can't unload our tankers. Our business is shut off. We're at anchor out in the Gulf. We can't do business. Houston is destroyed. That's just the start. They cast dust on their heads and cried, weeping and wailing, saying, Alas, alas, that great city which wherein we're made rich, all that had ships in the sea, by reason of her costliness, for in one hour is she made desolate. This is a solid echo of all the other prophecies we've just read. Rejoice over her, you heaven, and you holy apostles and prophets, for God has avenged you on her. God is going to take His people out He's going to bring them to Zion. He is going to protect them. 
And he's going to use as an example to the rest of the world of how things can be if you obey God. These things are written in the Word of God. They are going to happen. Don't fear those who rebel against America and destroy her. Also, you people of God, do not fear before those that you are afraid are about to destroy what God has put here. God is not going to allow that. And He will get rid of anyone who works toward that end. He's already said so in several places. We are not to sit here and be worried about it. We are to go on and serve God as best we can, and it will be taken care of. So fear not. That's what He tells the end time remnant. Fear not. Be strong and of good courage and work. So we're commanded not to fear. Don't be fearful. Don't worry. Are we going to do it anyway? Better not. The fearful will not be in the kingdom of God. Revelation 19. Those of faith and trust will be in the kingdom of God. And a mighty angel, verse 21, took up a stone like a great millstone and cast it into the sea, saying, that's the people, Thus with violence shall that great city Babylon be thrown down and shall be found no more at all. <clears throat> the capital will move to Jerusalem, which will move to Zion, which is in the southwestern United States. And the voice of harpers and musicians and pipers and trumpeters shall be heard no more at all in you. Well, all this jangle and rap and ungodly degenerate music is going away, never to be heard again. Thank God. And the sound of a millstone shall be heard no more at all in you, no grain to grind. And the light of a candle shall shine no more at all in you, utter darkness on this land, symbolic or it was symbolic that that eclipse came across the land and darkened it at noonday just before this began. Does it sound like it's going to escalate and come fast once it starts? One day, another place here says one year. One hour. No, one hour and one day, not one year. I'm sorry. I misspeak sometimes. Uh, your merchants were the great men of the earth. Who are the great men of the earth today? The financiers, the banks in London and New York. That's where most of the billionaires are. For by your sorceries, your deception, your pharmaceutical industry, were all nations deceived. Rome doesn't affect all nations. We do. And in her was found the blood of the prophets and of saints and of all that were slain upon the earth. This is where the church of God in the end time began. And 90% of the church, not 90%, but a very high percentage, is here. And will be slain in this country. There's a very, very small group of people that God called in Italy. 
but the prophets, the saints, will be killed here in this country because this is where roughly 90% of the church was and is. This is talking about America and her great destruction, which is coming. Now let's go back to Ezekiel uh, 7 again and finish it up very quickly. We stopped in 19 about the gold and silver being removed, the merchants destroyed. Well, we just read that in several different scriptures. So this financial crash is coming very soon now. Some in the world are predicting it will happen this fall. And it very well may. Uh, verse 20, is for you, As for the beauty of His ornament, He set it in majesty, but they made the images of their abominations and of their detestable things therein. They built Washington to be a beautiful city. And then what did they do? They put a 555-foot phalanx right in front of the Capitol building to advertise Washington's prowess. There's an abomination, a detestable thing, right in our capital. Therefore I have set it far from them, and I will give it to the hands of the strangers for a prey, and to the wicked of the earth for a spoil. He's talking about Israel here, and how we are going to be spoiled and given over to the wicked. And they shall pollute it. My face will I turn also from them, and they shall pollute my secret place, for the robbers shall enter into it and defile it. This is spoken of in Matthew 24 and in Daniel. Where the temple will be built, Jerusalem will be built, and then they will come and defile that secret place. And we will have to flee to Zion for our very lives. All this destruction comes ahead of that. Then they will enter into the secret place of God and destroy it, defile it, take it over. Make a chain, for the land is full of bloody crimes and the city is full of violence. What does a chain represent? It has many links in it. So we are right now facing in this country a chain that has many links. Financial, economic, weather, agriculture, cultural, religious. But it's going to have all the links popped and the whole society and culture destroyed. The city is full of violence. Our major cities are getting more and more violent all the time. And, wa and Washington itself is creating violence all over the world. And they're selling us out, according to Jeremiah 50 and 51, so that we now can be destroyed. Washington, D.C. is going to destroy America as its last act. Our own military and the U.N. will turn on us because our leaders have already sold us out and we have U.N. troops and equipment and Russian soldiers and Chinese soldiers already at our air bases and military uh, places all over this nation. Uh, Wherefore I will bring the worst of the heathen, and they shall possess their houses. They're not going to destroy them all in nuclear holocaust. They're going to take over. <clears throat> I will also make the pomp of the strong to cease, and their holy places shall be defiled. Destruction comes... And they shall seek peace, and there shall be none. Mischief shall come upon mischief. 
Rumor shall be upon rumor. Then shall they seek a vision of the prophet. But the law shall perish from the priest and counsel from the ancients. Nobody will have the answer except those to whom God has revealed it who will be preaching it. How many churches across this land are preaching what we're going over today? Can you tune in your TV or your radio to these radio and TV preachers and have them going through these scriptures like this? No. No. There are a few of them that say, I dreamed a dream and I saw destruction. But they don't even know who Israel is. (laughs) They don't understand. They don't have a clue. Even the ministers in the church of God in the splinters do not understand and do not have a clue. They're sleeping, lazy dogs who do not know the truth. They're not preaching this either. The king shall mourn, and the prince shall be clothed with desolation, and the hands of the people of the land shall be troubled. Horror and fear. I will do to them after their way, and according to their deserts will I judge them, and they shall know that I am the Eternal. 